I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Sean Reed. We're getting closer to the regular season. We're getting closer to the Raiders determining their 53-man roster, their initial 53-man roster. News starting to happen. They've made some moves here. They traded David Sharp away to Washington. Uh, that was one move in your guys' projected 53 that you guys were pretty spot on with. Vic and Deshaun had him not making the team and they end up uh, procuring a sixth round pick uh, out of that trade. But first, let's talk about the news that uh, that I guess isn't necessarily new news, but went public on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Damon Arnett uh, suffering a, a fracture on the hand and, and now he's in a soft cast or he's been in a soft cast. And this is kind of something not really new to him. Um, a fractured thumb. I mean, he played last year, I believe, in college with uh, with a soft cast on the hand and kind of impacted the way he was able to attack the ball and get interceptions. And what do we think about uh, what this does for him going into his rookie year, maybe dealing with a similar issue? Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal because he's had it on for a little bit in camp. I can't remember exactly how many practices. Um, it wasn't something that caused him to miss practice or even took him out of the starting lineup. You know, with him taking over that, you know, we saw the Mukamara got released earlier this week. Part of that was their confidence in Arnett and how well he had performed throughout camp. And he didn't really have any sort of drop off when it flared back up. And also he has a history with this. Um, it's not a positive thing, but he had a, a injury last year at Ohio State where he had to wear a cast on his hand. And I, I think he only gave up one touchdown for the whole year, obviously you know, leading him to be a first round pick uh, in, this, in this draft. So. I don't think it's something to be too concerned about. Yeah, I was just looking at some old photos the last couple of weeks of practices and uh, from the one at the stadium where it seemed like he, his thumb was actually exposed outside of, of it's a soft cast or a, a wrap. But So he's been playing with it. I think, like Deshaun said, they wouldn't have waived the prints, I think, if it was a serious concern. It affects the way he, he could press, but he has experience doing this. I mean, I, I think it's pretty big that he played all almost all of last year with a cast on and Obviously, it's going to affect his uh, ability to intercept passes, but uh, I think the Raiders would be happy if he could just force incompletions. Well, I mean, the Raiders have kind of taken a little bit of the drama away from cut down day with already releasing Mukamara, and and maybe some of that releasing him early is to give him a chance to a little bit of a jump start on catching on with another team. What was your guys' whole read on that situation? It seemed like the Raiders went into this offseason, you know, wanting to have some kind of veteran presence there at corner. Obviously, they tried to sign Eli Apple and that fell through and they brought in a Mukamara. Do you read that as a deal where they had determined that Arnett was going to be the starter and Mukamara was a kind of guy that, you know, they didn't want to just keep around and tell him, hey, you're the third corner, give him a chance to find a different opportunity? No, I think they, um, particularly this offseason with the pandemic and not being able to, you know, see guys in OTAs and, and rookie minicamp, you know, there was no guarantee that, I mean, any rookie, you know, coming into training camp would be ready to go right away. Or, you know, you didn't really know how they would perform com- coming off that strange of an offseason. So I think, you know, Mukamara was, was brought in mostly as insurance, you know, in case Arnett wasn't ready for the start of the season. Um, but I think once they got here and training camp started, I think they realized that that wasn't the case, you know, and felt comfortable enough that he was ready to go ahead and start day one to go ahead and let a Mukamara go. But I think it was something where, you know, if, if Arnett, for some reason, maybe if he came in, in the camp out of shape or he didn't look as good as he looked on the film at Ohio State or whatever, you know, the, the reason would have been, I think a, a Mukamara could have legitimately 
you know, stepped in to start the year, but it ended up just not playing out that way. Yeah, for me, it was hard to get a rebound because there hasn't been a lot of access you know, in terms of the practices this camp. So you don't see him with the first teams. I wonder if it's because he doesn't need the reps, they want to get the young guys the reps, or is he really not earning the reps? Is he really not showing up and playing as well as Damar Nett is or, say, some of the younger corners? So I think um, – for them and Matt, you know, they have these, these four young guys we like a lot. And plus, they have the veteran presence in Nevin Lawson who they still like. And he'll be suspended for one week, but he'll be back after week one. So you still have a veteran cornerback in there who can help the young guys out. And so I think maybe in this case, it comes down to maybe Amu Kamara couldn't beat out Nevin Lawson if you really want to go to that level. The move is also a, uh, a good sign for Isaiah Johnson because instead of keeping him for depth, at least, I, I think they really wanted to keep their young guys and watch them develop. Yeah, I still think Keyshawn Nixon may be ahead of him, though. So I think I think for Isaiah Johnson, it's still going to be a struggle. I'm not struggle, but I think he makes a roster. But the question will be, once after week one happens and Lawson comes back, then how many quarterbacks are you going to keep? Are you going to keep you know that many? So that will be the question for me as far as Keyshawn Nixon versus Isaiah Johnson versus how many guys they have on the roster. I think the other thing with Lawson is we've seen him work at Nickelback throughout camp as well, besides playing outside at corner. So... There could be a situation where they, you know, feel like keeping, you know, maybe if Amik Robertson isn't ready to play um, behind Joyner, you know, they, they keep Lawson there and they keep, you know, Johnson on the outside. So, you know, there's a chance, I guess, of multiple of these guys sticking around. Question, will Nevin Lawson finally get an interception this year? 74 career NFL games uh, as a defensive back, as a cornerback, uh, still has not had an interception. Does he finally get one this year? I have no idea. Uh, should be uh, should be edgy. Say yes, you will get one. Let's, let's be uh, let's be bold. <laughs> is that edgy? I mean, a, a defensive back in his uh, seventh year in the league. Uh, I think he's 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 at least due. You got to think he survived this long without one. Maybe he doesn't want one. Maybe he want, maybe it's bad luck if he gets an interception. Maybe maybe the way it's going is, is okay. <laughs> Lawson's gonna go to nickel, and Arnett is gonna tip one up because he has a club on his hand, and that's how he gets his first interception. That's really good job of tying it all together. That was, that was well done. All right. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the full roster projection, the other, you know, news that is related to the roster. And it was kind of one of the questions, the topics of last week. People were asking, why not just have Tyrell Williams go on IR and, you know, lean on the young guys, let them get healthy. And uh, that is, in fact, what's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, we talked about it last week that it was an injury that, in theory, Tyrell Williams with the torn labrum in the shoulder could play through. It would be painful. It would be tough. It wouldn't be easy. And for a guy who really dealt with you know similar deal last year with playing through most of the season with a foot injury, it could be a grind. I mean, having to do that again, playing a whole season injured. Well, now he's not going to do that. He is getting the surgery. And I mean, decent chance that he's played his last game as a, as a Raider. John was saying that uh, if he had come back and played, he had to wear a harness and it would restrict his movement. But my guess is he wanted to play. My guess is... You know, he's had this injury before. He's played through it twice before. And like you said, this could be his last year. He's kind of playing for a job. So I'm sure he wants to help his teammates out and, and try and, and grind through it. Well, I think to me it shows this, that we talked about the depth at receiver. They have so many guys now. Like, you know what? We don't need Tyrell Williams at 60%. I mean, obviously, maybe last year we would have, but this year we don't. This year we have enough guys, especially the young guys, where we're fine. Get your surgery and we'll see what happens next year next year. But as right now, we don't really need you. I mean, that's kind of the – it's sad to say it that way, but that's the way it kind of looks to me. Yeah, when we talked to Gruden today, he sounded like he just said, like he th- I think his words were, you know, Tyrod just couldn't stay healthy. You know, he mentioned the defeat last year and the shoulder this year. It kind of sounded like, you know, they were, you know, I'm, I'm interpreting here, but kind of to that point where they're ready to move on and kind of speaks to their, 
their confidence in Brian Edwards. I know they're trying to hide it as much as possible, but I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, being in practice that he's going to be a starter opposite Henry Ruggs the third, And so they must be, you know, thinking he's ready to go. It's pretty funny how John tries to pivot from the, all the Edwards attention because we haven't talked to Edwards at all camp. They kind of keep him from us. And today he was asked about him point blank, and somehow he avoided talking about him at all. Even the question was about Brian Edwards. He kind of <laughs> went to Rugs and I think he went to Zay Jones and about I don't know where he went, but just he's refusing to acknowledge really that Brian Edwards has been like one of the stories of camp. Well, and you know what I was going to bring up is as you've mentioned all camp, you know, Nelson Aguilar is going to have a bigger role than a lot of people think. Zay Jones has spent so much time with Derek Carr. They have a good connection. As you start thinking about, okay, if if you have Tyrell Williams at 60% or whatever, you know, it becomes that much harder to get both Aguilar and Jones on the roster. Now, I mean, it pretty much becomes an automatic that your five receivers, you know, maybe you keep a six, but your five receivers right now are Edwards, Ruggs, Renfro, Aguilar, and Jones. And, uh, you know, you feel pretty good to go with those five guys. Deshaun mentioned what Gruden talked today. He said that, uh, you know, Aguilar started all three spots. He mentioned that Zay Jones has been the most improved guy on the offense. He's faster than he was last year. The stamina is off the charts, and he's got more confidence. So he's definitely loving what he's seeing out of the veteran guys. And we all know Gruden loves veteran guys. So those guys definitely will be in the mix as far as sharing time with the younger guys. All right, well, let's uh, take a look at the projected 53-man roster that you guys uh, put together. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's over on The Athletic. Uh, Vic and Deshaun comboed on it, uh, ran on Tuesday. And we'll start at the the top with quarterback. It's all pretty basic. Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Nate Peterman. I mean, those are the three guys. I mean, in this kind of offseason, it doesn't make sense to carry only two quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, I guess you could possibly do a Peterman on the practice squad thing and or whatnot, but it would make sense to just carry all three guys on the active roster, and, and they like all three of them. You guys didn't put Peterman over Mariota? No, not, not, not yet. That would have been bold. <laughs> we thought about it. No, just kidding. No, uh, we didn't think about it. But, uh, yeah, I think Peterman makes sense as the number three guy. I think if you cut him, you never know. Somebody else could pick him up. He's got some experience. And, you know, the whole pandemic thing makes quarterbacks a premium as far as depth. So I think you keep him around and you pray for the best. All right, the running backs, also fairly cut and dry. Um, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, Lynn Bowden, your three primary tailbacks, Alec Ingold, the fullback. I guess the one battle, the debate, if there is one, Devontae Booker over Theo Riddick. You know, both are guys that have had some productive seasons. Booker had a good rookie year a few years back with Denver, 612 yards, but only 3.5 per carry. Hasn't done a lot since. Riddick is a guy that Catches a lot of passes, had an 80-catch season, missed last year with a shoulder injury, um, but probably is kind of repetitive with Jalen Richard. Um, you guys went with Booker, and, and and that would seem to make a lot more sense. Yeah, Booker, he's a, you know, I think he kind of gives him another option as a back who can, you know, have some success lying out, out wide at wide receiver and, you know, routes out of the backfield. Um, you know, particularly if, if Bowden isn't ready yet or struggles with that transition, some of the things that they have planned for him in the receiving game, Booker could take that on. And actually, our debate wasn't uh, Booker over Reddick. It was Booker over Kyle Wilber. I think that's what it came down to for us. We're looking at, because I think Ingold could be that guy. He could be your fourth running back. He could handle those things probably. So I'm not sure there's a huge need for um, a fourth running back. But again, he's played well this camp and they brought him in for a reason. But to me, you know, they love Kyle Wilber on, on team. So is he going to have a, a spot here? Yeah, for me, that's what it came down to. We, we chose Booker. It seems like some of these veteran guys that they've brought in that maybe are going to get a couple weeks here at camp, a lot of that could be 
hey, we're introducing them to our playbook. If something happens midseason and we need to grab a veteran, at least we can grab a guy that has spent a little bit of time in our playbook, has a little bit of familiarity with us. And maybe Riddick is one of those guys. Let's say something happens to Jalen Richard and you need a, a replacement. Well, at least Riddick has spent a couple weeks there. All right, at receiver, we talked about the five guys that are the locks to make the roster. Um, what that does in terms of the odd men out, you know, Rico Gafford is probably the guy that you identified as, as the sixth man. You know, and then there's a couple of names of guys that have made plays in the past in the preseason, uh, in regular season games a little bit. Marcel Layton, Keelan Doss. Those are guys that if they had a preseason this year and they were lighting it up, fans would be, you know, begging for them to find their way under the roster. But without a preseason, we don't really get to see a whole lot of them and haven't really heard a whole lot about them. It's funny how you look at last year. Remember, Keelan Doss was the huge story and how he was on hard knocks and John Gruden couldn't stop talking about him. And he's gone. He's back. And he's making more money. And this year, it wasn't mentioned once in our, in our story. It wasn't even a foul. Because they're not the now roster, the So anymore. it's kind of amazing just uh, how far he's kind of dropped is the right word, but just kind of fallen off the radar. So I think um, to me, watching Rico Gafford last year and even in this year in camp, he looks the part. I think he's an NFL receiver. I just don't think it's going to be here. But ideally, they, they can keep him in a practice squad, and you have a guy who's ready to go with some big-time speed who can be a factor if, uh, if need be. Aitman's a pretty good special teams player, though, right? So maybe that he has that going in his favor. Yeah, I can see them both being on a practice squad, but uh, I, I can't see the one making the roster. Maybe Rico, but I can't see the one making the roster. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, a tight end, really no drama there. I mean, you've got the four guys that I think all deserve to be there. Darren Waller, Jason Witten, Foster Moreau, Derek Carrier, Nick Bowers would be the one guy cut. That's a, a group that's a mix of, of a young veteran type guy in Darren Waller who, after his emergence last year, a second year guy in Moreau and a future Hall of Famer in Witten and a, and a kind of veteran journeyman in Derek Carrier. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that mix of four guys. Yeah, I think that might be there deepest position on the roster just in terms of the interchangeability and the quality you know your fourth string tight end you know being Derek Carrier that's probably the best fourth string tight end in the league and you know particularly this year you know with the virus and not knowing guys availability week to week um, you know especially with how much the the Raiders use tight ends um, they always need to have two or three guys on the ready and so that'll help them throughout the season they have enough depth to where if somebody gets hurt, they could still put together a, a quality 12 personnel position on the field. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is their deepest position. All right. On the offensive line, you know, the commenters on your projected roster were all up in flames for maybe two or three hours that you guys had Brandon Parker making the roster over David Sharp. And lo and behold, later that night, David Sharp gets traded to Washington and, uh, it's a deal where it really n neither of those guys ended up coming in here and having a great camp and winning the the quote unquote swing tackle job that ends up being Sam Young the veteran who's going to fill that role but you do have to have a fourth tackle especially with as much as uh, Trent Brown has kind of been in and out so it ends up being Brandon Parker it, it, it would appear unless anything happens over the next few days is that just a matter of he's a guy that they need to give a little more time to and just kind of hope that he can finally develop and, and be the guy they thought they uh, they drafted? Yeah, I think that last word for me is key. They drafted uh, Brandon Parker. They didn't draft David Sharp. So I think that was why maybe he gets the edge here. And I think um, I thought Sharp was solid last year. I thought Sharp did a decent job when he came in last year. So I do think the Redskins were they're in dire need. So they got, I'm sorry, Washington football team, my bad. They're in dire need and they got someone who actually is serviceable. So I think everybody wins. Ray's got a draft pick for a guy they're going to cut, and Washington gets a guy they can actually use um, right now. 
Yeah, I don't think either one of those two, like you said, look great during camp. The fact that Sam Young, who I honestly didn't expect to make the team initially, you know, beat them out as, you know, the replacement for Trent Brown, I think spoke volumes. So like Vic said, yeah, I think the, the difference was just that Parker, you know, was drafted by them. And he beat him out early. It was like a first round knockout. I mean, he came in and they were, they were done. All right, flipping over to the defensive line. You've got Max Crosby, Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Cleland Furl as kind of the, the starting four. Arden Key, situational pass rusher. Um, Maurice Hurst, you know, should play a decent amount. Uh, Daniel Ross, Carl Nassib as, uh, as kind of the fourth pass rusher, uh, even with all the money they spent on, on Nassib. None of those August signings that the Dayton Jones, Chris Smith types uh, make the team in, in this projection. And those could be, again, like I mentioned with Riddick, guys that are, are veterans that you got a little taste to the defensive playbook. And, and maybe if you need to call on them later, you know, maybe they end up as the veterans on the practice squad or whatnot. But it's a defensive line that has been maligned that the Raiders have not had a pass rush for so many years. It was much better last year, thanks to Max Crosby. And, um, has some potential to keep keep improving if uh, if some of these guys can be as good as uh, the Raiders hope they are. Yeah, I think a lot of that depends on whether Malik Collins is everything that you know Gruden and everybody else has been you know talking about to be so far throughout camp. They really need him to be a, a dominant force inside as, as a pass rusher, you know, along with some improvement from Cleveland Farrell. Because you know even even you know with Crosby's performance last year and being a little bit better, I think they were still like bottom ten in sacks, and so it's going to take. You know, across the entire, you know, defensive line didn't improve in that area. And also, I mean, the big money guy, uh, you know, Carl Nassib, we haven't seen a lot of him throughout camp. But, I mean, you pay him all that money, you know, expecting a big impact from him. And then have to see if that Arden key, is it just training camp magic or does it carry over into the season? And so I think it's something that both, you know, interior on the edge, you know, they're going to need improvement, you know, for that group to really make an impact this year. All right, at linebacker, um, and this is the position you guys filed the story, and I see the headline that you know tough choices at linebacker. I'm like, really? The Raiders actually have enough good linebackers that they're making tough choices, uh, not not just on who they're going to settle for keeping, but Javin White is the guy that does get cut in your projection, and that basically I think becomes a, a product of the trade for uh, Raquan McMillan. The five linebackers you have making it: Corey Littleton, Nick Kwiatkowski, Raquan McMillan, the draft pick Tanner Muse, and then uh, Nicholas Morrow. White and, and Wilbur among the projected cuts. This is a situation where they hope no preseason games, nobody really getting to see Javin White allows them to, to keep him on the practice squad because uh, uh, even though he's gotten some hype, the, the hope is that teams haven't really seen enough of him to, to want to come grab him. Yeah, that is the hope. I think they've, uh, you know, reporters at practice have tweeted about him. We've, there's been definitely some buzz about him, especially in the Vegas market because he's a local kid from Vegas. He looked good. He looked like he's, uh, you know, the, the cliche nose for the ball. He's very aggressive. Uh, he's quick. He's, he plays safety in college. So he's got the skills you want in a, in a young, up-and-coming uh, linebacker. So uh, it's interesting, I think, if they cut him. And as far as Wilbur, we know that he's Pisaccia's guy. He's definitely was team's captain a few years back. So he's a guy also that would fit in if there was a spot for him. But I just think that, one, I think Morrow's look good. Morrow's been a guy who's been around for a while. He came in good. She's put some more weight on. He's a good in camp to me. I think Tanner Muse is a third-round pick. So period. That's all you got to say about him. He's making the roster. We talked about it last week, the Raiders linebacker corp they're, they're pretty light i mean you know you have a lot of guys that used to play safety and they're a lot better in coverage now they're a lot faster but they didn't have a thumper and uh, i think that's why they made the trade for mcmillan who's a really good run defender but has questionable pass coverage skills so i, I think he'll be that third linebacker in base and and nichols the kwatkowski and uh, littleton on the field as a rich man's markel lee <laughs> 
on to the defensive backfield. We talked a lot already about the cornerbacks. I mean, Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett are, are the guys you can pencil in at starter, you know, at least to start the season. We'd expect uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Isaiah Johnson to kind of be the backups, and then we'll see what happens after Nevin Lawson returns. Um, at nickel, you've got LaMarcus Joyner and Amik Robertson. And then uh, the safeties, Eric Harris, Jonathan Abram, Jeff Heath, Demarius Randall would seem pretty, pretty cut and dry there. Uh, you know, Dolan Lovett, a guy who was once hyped up a little bit, uh, goes bye-bye, but maybe they can get him back on the practice squad. Beyond that kind of trio we talked about earlier, um, Nixon, Johnson, and uh, Lawson, I think it's pretty straightforward across the board. It's just a matter of, you know, among those three, you know, who has the most value both on defense. As somebody that's not necessarily going to be a starter on the field all the time, you know, also making an impact on special teams, which I think that probably – you know, of the three, Nixon probably has the most value there. But outside of that, it's really pretty easy, I think, for them to make cuts in the secondary. Man, Lovett's the guy you mentioned. They'd love to have him on the practice squad. He played last year a little bit on teams. They like his upside. Like, I think what Derek Carr called him the next Eric Weddle. Hopefully, if you have the next Eric Weddle, you keep him around and, and you develop him. You so uh, him. ideally for them, he's, he sticks around through, uh, through waivers and be able to be on the practice squad. All right, well, on to the special teams, and uh, there, there's really nothing to talk about here. I mean, they, they don't have anybody else beyond this trio, right? Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole, Trent Sieg. I don't, don't think they brought in even any competition to camp for those guys, right? I was saying, yeah, it was, it was like basically before training camp really started, they did. Like they had the, the undrafted kicker, Dominic Eberle, out of Utah State, that we kind of thought would compete with, with Carlson, but that never happened. Um so that's that nothing really. I mean, I had a mailbag question. Somebody was asking me, like, will the NFL get rid of, like, line snapper as a roster spot? I thought that was kind of interesting, but I don't, I don't think that's happening with the Raiders. All right. Well, let's take some questions here. Uh, we're, we're running a little bit long, so we'll uh, we'll jump right to some questions here from the, uh, the comments section of last week's show. Uh, from Eddie C., it is 3.16 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesday. The Patriots are releasing Mohamed Sanu. Does he seem like an option for the Raiders with the loss of Tyrell Williams? I mean, we're talking about the depth of this receiver core. It, I know Raiders fans always get excited about a, you know, a, kind of a name brand guy, but I just I don't see them going after Mohamed Sanu. Do you? I mean, if the Patriots, who are as wide receiver needy as any team, is going to cut someone after trading a second round draft pick for them. Yeah, it says a lot about how he's performing camp. I don't think he's going to be in high demand. All right. Question here from Chris M. Since we don't have preseason to judge for ourselves, how would you compare how Henry Ruggs has looked in training camp versus our last high draft pick receiver, Amari Cooper, in his rookie season? Different players, really, but Vic, I mean, we were both there for for Cooper's, uh, you know, first training camp and and his rookie season. How do you think Ruggs and, and how he's carried himself compares to that? I think with Cooper, I think what jumped out to, to me at least was the, the great route running. It says she was so good at getting open right away. He was able to beat DBs on a couple of moves here and there where Ruggs obviously got the, the top end speed and yeah, also has good hands. I think you see that. But um, yeah, I think that's the, the, to me the biggest difference. But both guys seem like they're very mature guys who definitely understand the playbook and know how to get better each day of practice. So I know Cooper got a hard time when he left. Fans kind of. Uh, Went south on him, but uh, he was pretty good when he was here. He definitely was a guy who was doing one of the better receivers in the league. So I think that's uh, what you look for in rugs. That he has those tools to be a similar kind of guy who can be a top 20 receiver in the NFL. All right, next question here from Jeffrey H. Who has the bigger comeback this season, LaMarcus Joyner or Arden Key? I think Joyner. Um, I know he got beat up pretty bad by the fans after last season. You know, struggling in his first first year with the team. You know, I think he's I think he's just too good of a player to kind of put, put forth that performance again. I think he'll be more comfortable going into year two in the system and 
kind of you know revert back to that playmaker that he was with the Rams and some of the successes that they had. I think he's going to be pretty good this year. You know, I, I think a lot of people were kind of you know that he's been questioned. You know, could Amik Robertson push him or even other people on the roster? And I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, I think in that nickel role, especially considering the you know they're hoping that the safe, the secondary as a whole is stronger this year. I'll say Arden Key. Uh, I'll be bold and say he's going to get eight sacks next year. Eight sacks. Wow. That's one more than uh, my guy Benson Maella had last year. I'll be, uh, be definitely filling the void. All right. Final question before we get out of here. Uh, this one from Joe. Uh, do you feel the defense will be more aggressive? Will they more blitz more this season? Also, quick answer. Should we anticipate some tricks slash creative plays from the offense this season? Start with that defensive part of it. Do you, do you expect more blitzing or would you just think, okay, hey, they have a more solid defense. They have good linebackers. They feel better about their secondary. Uh, they can just kind of play their scheme and not have to, to really bother with blitzing uh, to, to make plays. I think Gunther wants to rush four. So if they go into the season and that front four is causing havoc, I don't think they'll blitz more, but if they're doing the same thing, I think the Raiders staff should see it early and you know commit to to more blitzing if they don't have the pass rush talent up front. All right, how about the second part of that question? Anybody uh, expect more trick creative plays from the offense this season? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that that's uh, necessarily Gruden's uh, go to. Definitely, is the end around a trick play? I definitely see them getting the ball in Ruggs' hands a little bit more in different ways. I think we've seen him use a lot, but. Uh, but mostly, I think it'll be pretty straightforward. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to use the three tight end sets a lot and try to get the ball deep to uh, the young receivers. So I think it'll be pretty straightforward. But I definitely can see some, you know, some, some end arounds here and there and some some handoffs. But um, yeah, I think John's got ideally has enough weapons where they're going to be able just to, to score on you, just kind of using the the obvious stuff. You know what's coming, and you can't stop it. Yeah, this is more of a straight ahead offense, but. I can see them using, you know, Bowden as a, as a quarterback. I don't know if that's necessarily a trick play, but, you know, you'll probably see him in some wildcat packages and that kind of deal. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll wrap up this week's show. Uh, cut down day is on Saturday, and we'll see how close your guys' projections come. I mean, I don't. there's not a whole lot of drama. I mean, there was always at least one or two surprises. I don't think you guys are going to go 53 for 53, but I, I feel like you're going to at least be like 51 for 53 i don't i don't think we're gonna see too many surprises happen by saturday but uh but you never know i mean there's always there's always something different that can go on there's you know we we know this team has not been afraid to make transactions so uh we'll see what happens saturday and uh we'll get back together and talk next week about an actual upcoming nfl football game uh as crazy as that is to believe